This is Move Out Loud, a Galden production. We've teamed up with Nike to take you, our community, on a journey of self-discovery using sport and movement as our springboard. It's our final episode. Oh, I'm so sad, but not too sad because we are ending with rhythm and absolute joy because I'm joined by non-binary, trans, feminine dancer, director, producer and actor Shiva Raichandani to talk about the importance of dance and trans inclusion in sports and movement. So hi, welcome to Move Out Loud, Shiva. How are you? Really well. Thank you so much for having me. This is, yeah, this is very exciting. Honestly, I'm so excited. You're such an inspiration. I've really, really, really enjoyed deep diving into your world and just completely blown away. I've really yeah. enjoyed looking into That's everything. very kind of you. That's too kind of you. Thank you so much. I do some like cabaret performances and stuff like that myself. So I'm a massive fan of like drag and performance and Bollywood as well, massively. I'm just like yes. in love with the whole drama of it. <laughs> Side note, I have been stalking you as well and I'm obsessed. Oh. <laughs> like, oh the way they move I was like yeah just massive fans uh, the feelings are mutual and oh, yeah wicked amazing I also love the Peach Paradise which I believe you directed oh like so powerful so moving I'd love to know what did you want your viewers to take away from Peach Paradise Sure. So for those who don't know, Peach Paradise is a short documentary that's based on Shay Shay, who is an absolutely phenomenal drag artist in the UK, who spearheaded so many different forms of like showcases, opportunities, events for the Asian artists in the UK, especially those who are independent and who are like grassroots and really finding their footing in the industry. So it's really beautiful to see how they navigated the entertainment space through movement as a drag artist who happens to be Japanese and Irish, but also trans and non-binary. So I thought all of these elements were so, A, I resonated with so many of those elements because I myself am a non-binary and trans feminine and I love movement. I'm a professional dancer. So all of those things really sat and aligned with who I am. But just to see someone take ownership of all of that and take agency of their craft in such a beautiful and empowering way really inspired me and I felt like that was a story that needed to be shared so that people could also find perhaps find themselves in it but also learn something different about the form. Yeah, it was so moving as well. And what I also really loved is the representation that ran through the entire production, like from everyone behind the camera, in front of the camera. I know you had a whole bunch of other people working on it, lots of creatives. I would love to know why that was so important for you. Absolutely. I think when it comes to the entertainment industry, when it comes to movement, when it comes to dance, when it comes to film, theatre there is a lack of opportunity for people across the ranks mm. when it comes to people who are gender diverse, people who are Asian. And so it was important and it was a very intentional decision to ensure that the people that we brought on to set reflected the kinds of stories and experiences that we wanted to share with the world and allow them to also have a say in the ways in which the story is being told because they bring such uh, authentic lived experience to the entire process. So I think that was necessary for us and it made for such a safe environment as well because we're talking about such sensitive issues and stories. So we needed 
needed to create that safe environment where everyone felt comfortable. And that was amplified by the people who were there because not only did they come from those experiences, but they were able to be empathetic and sympathize and sensitive towards mm. everyone involved. So I think that was important. And I think, yeah, we just need we need more more stories of uh, yeah. minoritized communities. I feel like we don't have enough, especially when they have control over how their stories are shared. Yeah, that's the important thing as well. It's like taking ownership of it back and like sharing your story with people who have to have the same story rather than it just being stolen by the man. Absolutely, which unfortunately <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, but thank you for pointing that out because I feel like that, yeah, it was it was very much a conscious decision that we yeah. made in the production. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah, of course. It doesn't go unnoticed at all. I also watched uh, Britain's Got Talent back in 2017. Oh, no! Love, <laughs> love, love, love. Everyone's had a Britain's Got Talent moment. <laughs> Loved oh, it. God. You were like so much energy. It's like you were bouncing off the walls. Like it was wicked. Oh, thank you. How did thank that feel? You. Oh, my God. Honestly, in the moment, absolutely terrifying because that was the first oh, time that gosh. I experimented in with my gender in such a public way and yeah in fact in so many ways my coming out not not that I like the term coming out or necessarily feel that it's a thing that needs to be done but in many ways it was my sort of public announcement that <laughs> you came out I'm with a here plan. I know I was like I will take up space here in all this <laughs> glory with a beard with a skirt no. dancing and prancing around with such Bollywood joy so it was absolutely Obviously, there were loads of nerves. There was, I was absolutely yeah. petrified getting onto that stage. But when I was on stage in that moment, it felt so surreal. Nothing mattered. And then the love that came afterwards really, yeah, just made it even more comforting to know that it was okay for me to do that. Because there were a lot of inhibitions, obviously. How are people going to... A, it's a Bollywood routine. Uh, it's You've got all, a bunch of South Asians on this massive uh, global stage. But then yeah. you add the queer lens to it with someone who doesn't fit the stereotypical norm of Bollywood or Bollywood. dance for that. Yeah. Or even dance, just in general. Mm. To showcase that, you know, these stories matter. Our identities uh, are valid and have a space in all of this. And need to be celebrated with joy so yeah. I think that was absolutely important and paramount importance so I think it, it I still look back at it because actually like the critic in me today I'm like oh no stop seeing it because really? I don't dance like that anymore I've like evolved as a dancer that's not me <laughs> I just, like, I'm like I don't do that's, my makeup that way anymore I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh my god no don't equate me with that I don't do my makeup that way anymore <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that <laughs> absolutely I think that was mm. a stepping stone for so much and really uh, brought me into who I am and allowed me to grow into who I am currently today so I'm absolutely grateful to everyone who made that moment happen yeah incredible incredible I've, I loved watching it want to sort of rewind all the way back to your early years where did it all begin with you and dance 
I feel like I do not exactly remember the moment I began dancing because it felt like I just came out dancing. <laughs> like I just like rolled into the world dancing. It made it was made easier though by my grandmother who was a dancer herself. So she did okay. Indian classical dance herself. And so she was very much of a performer. And so growing up, I saw her perform and she kept performing until like her late 60s and 70s. So oh, she's, she's blessed her. She's still alive. She's there. She's rocking it. Every time she hears the music that she relates to, she's up and dancing around but professionally she was she was actually a performer and so I grew up looking at her and I was like in complete awe I'm like how is this woman commanding all this attention in a room in a Love space that. with simple moves with all these elegant gestures and expressions and I was like that is something I need to do how do I do that how do I be you and I got lucky that even though I grew up in a very conservative background and family and environment one that didn't sort of that that had rules about what it meant to be someone who was in a male presenting body for example to what 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 that meant and what I could or couldn't do but my grandmother was a huge champion of the arts obviously and dance so she was like yo you're a child you should be able to do whatever you want to do and explore yourself and just like have fun with it because that's the essence of dance is to yeah. just have fun and celebrate yourself your body and share that with everyone around you so she allowed me to sort of like raid her closet like metaphor like again the closet so the only time i enjoyed being in a closet the only time i enjoyed being in a closet was hers because i was raiding her clothes her literally Literally, literally. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to take all of your clothes, your jewelry, and I'm going to wear them. And in fact, my first proper audience performance was in her clothes, in her outfit, in a very feminine appearance, doing a very quintessential Bollywood routine. And that was beautiful to me because that sort of allowed me to inquire what it meant to not subscribe to being either a man or a woman and to find that space through movement was so beautiful because I didn't think of it as possible because I didn't Mm. have the language, I didn't have the vocabulary, I didn't have the references, the resources to learn or even have that conversation or dialogue about my feelings internally. But to be able to present that externally through movement and dance was beautiful because Dance in so many ways allowed me to be comfortable in my own fluidity, yes. uh, in my identity. And I think that was a beautiful gift that dance gave me. So huge, huge, huge credit to my grandmother. Obviously, over the years, it became a lot more difficult because when you grow older, society is like, yeah. you can't do this. Yeah. You have to do this. And especially dance being in many ways, if you are pursuing it in a professional sort of capacity, can be very rigid in terms of the curriculum that you follow, the dance style that you follow, who is teaching that to you and what their conditionings are, what their thought processes are and how they project that onto to you as a person so I had a lot of unlearning to do yeah in terms of what my body is allowed to do yeah allowed to do (laughs) Mm, in inverted mm, commas mm. (laughs) exactly exactly how did you make that transition then from sort of all of those early years when when you didn't have so many rigid barriers or obstacles how did you make that into a professional life when you're Indian and you're part of this Bollywood culture, you automatically grow up with music and dance because it's so inherent and integral to our upbringing and just our surroundings. So you're just constantly dancing, whether it's at cultural events or at community events or even at like weddings and stuff. Like Asians love, like South Asians love dances at their weddings and they go all out. You could have like two hours of performances by the family and friends of the couple getting married and they prepare for months in advance, which is wild because... 
And that's the beauty of it. And that's when I realized that all these different people, whether they can dance or not, are coming together simply to celebrate this couple for this joyous yeah. occasion, irrespective of what their backgrounds are, what their beliefs are. All of that is left at the door. And as soon as they enter this space to rehearse, none of that matters. And all that matters is the movement. And I found that mind blowing. I was like, oh, my God, like all these differences that we have and everything suddenly disappear because we're all here to share this moment as a group to dance. And that yeah. I found really powerful because I was like, if people can do this in these kinds of spaces, imagine what they can do collectively. We mobilize to ensure that we're, we're doing the, the difficult stuff like degendering dance or removing any stereotypes and biases that people can have mm. towards dance, especially for kids who are in those formative years trying to discover themselves. Because when I entered professional classrooms of dance, it was very rigid in terms of, okay, you are being perceived as a boy. This is what you can do. This is what you need to do. You can't move your hips in a certain way. I remember being smacked with like canes and wow. stuff to ensure that my hips didn't thrust in didn't a certain wiggle. way that mm. didn't wiggle. And it, it really created this sort of dissonance and really um, dysphoria in me because I was like, why am I not able to do this? And especially when you have gendered lyrics, like lyrics that, you know, you're doing choreography to male lyrics or choreography to female lyrics. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. I want to do all of it. I want to do none of it. I want to move from one <laughs> to the other. It needs to be, why is there no freedom in this, in a form and an art form that inherently has so much freedom? Why mm. have we attached so many restrictions to it? And so, what was beautiful was when I went to boarding school in India, they did not offer Bollywood dance as an option. The only thing they offered us to learn was Indian classical dance. And there are several types of Indian mm. classical dance forms. And the one that I picked to dance is Bharatanatyam, which in itself has a lot of sort of separation between male dancers, female dancers yeah. and stuff. So it was really hard for me to find a space in that because there weren't that many people who looked like me in those spaces. So I had to really fight for myself to be allowed in that space to practice the dance form. But what was beautiful about Indian classical dance, but no matter how rigid and strict it was with its gender norms and rules, when you're performing a routine... You're performing as a storyteller. So in yeah. a routine, say, for example, for three minutes performance, you're supposed to, you can be expected to perform and imbibe the character of the rain, the wind, the sounds, the animals and humans and inanimate objects and all of these different things within the capacity of three minutes. So you're entering all of these different worlds and trying to Beautiful. step into different shoes. And that was like... Incredible, because you're walking all of these different worlds, experiencing them through your storytelling and movement and dance, and then bringing that back into your own internal self to inform what you want to take away from all of these experiences. And that was, that really opened my worldview, my yeah. mind and vision into the expanse of our beings and our bodies and where we can, what we can do with it. And that sort of was the start and beginning of my exploration into queerness, fluidity, Beautiful. my transness and being non-binary. And then applying that to the dance form and be like, okay, this, these rules don't apply to me. What can I do to make them more suited to my experience and make it a lot more inclusive for me, which is what the trajectory of my dance has been then thereafter. Oh, amazing. What what a catalyst as well. And like yeah. in that sort of like board, being in boarding school and then also your mind opening up at the same time, such a sort of like juxtaposition of things, but so beautiful how that evolved. You also Thank were talking you. about how your style evolved earlier, you mentioned. Mm. So I was wondering how you would define your style of dance now. 
Oh, wow. That is a very interesting question. I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever asked me that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> how I would define my style. It's, oh, it's obviously very Bollywood inspired. There's mm-hmm. a lot of high energy. There's a lot of vibrancy. There's a lot of color, but there's a lot of malleability. There's a lot of change in it. And there's a lot of fluidity with it. It's never, ever one thing. And I don't ever want it to be one thing because I feel like we as dancers should have the freedom to explore our dance forms in a way that we are able to make it unique to ourselves. The beauty of Bollywood is that in itself, Bollywood is an amalgamation of different styles. It's like, it's got the hip hop influences. It's got Indian classical dance influences. And so it's never one thing. And everyone's interpretation of Bollywood is so different, which is, I think, why I gravitated towards it, because there's this room to experiment with what you want it to be. So Mm. I don't think I have a very definite style. I know that doesn't answer your question, but also in some way, it's like, (laughs) I don't want to define it. I'm defining it by not defining it. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Brilliant. I love that. I want to move sort of on to current day now yes. from, from before, moving into uh, your TED Talk, which I watched, which was epic, oh, massive, massive audience you. and stage situation. Brilliant. You said that it isn't easy being a queer person of colour who just wants yes. to dance. So what have been some of the obstacles or challenges that you found on the path to building your dance career? But what I've found is it has been difficult to just have those conversations about why I want to simply dance. Mm. Irrespective of all of my other identifiers, the reason I'm here is to dance and all of these other markers of my identity should not be a barrier to that. So I think a lot of the time we forget the human behind the art form or the practice and we focus on the race the ethnicity the skin color the gender identity and while all of those things absolutely hold a huge significance to the person's life it is not the only thing that defines them look at me for my skills look at me for the way I dance look at me the way I move and command a stage or a space or teach a routine or choreograph routine and I think getting people to focus on those elements has been the challenge it has been interesting it has been challenging it's been a lot of as I mentioned earlier unlearning of what I am allowed to do or not what I should be able to do or not because I feel like as someone who is non-binary, as someone who is very femme-presenting, our body, and obviously someone who is brown and a person of colour, our bodies are constantly policed. There mm. are so many expectations of what we need to present like, what we should be doing, even down the kind of professions we choose. So, for example, even dance in itself was not something that I was easily able to choose as a career path because that was not what was considered the norm, at least um, in my upbringing, that it wasn't a viable or a serious career choice. And that, you know, it was just considered as a hobby and a side fun thing to do. That was not the case. I can empathize with what you're saying. And I can, I can hear the way, the way that you're explaining it. I can understand how that would have been difficult. And dance has historically been super gendered, like what you're saying now and what we mentioned before. But when I'm looking at your career, it seems like you've managed to navigate this quite successfully, even though it hasn't been easy at all. But what I'm interested to hear is once you realised that gender was going to be an issue, what was your thought process in working out how to navigate it? I think going into spaces, I've become a lot more 
I don't want to say critical in a negative way, but just question things like why are things a certain way? For example, when I used to teach dance classes weekly at Pineapple Studios and Danceworks, the way in which I structured my class, and this is obviously because having gone to so many dance classes and seeing how they've been conducted, where boys are separated from the girls or yeah. boys are expected to dance to boys choreography and lyrics. And there's a lot of like separation there. There's not a lot of room for people to do what they want to do in that space. So it's be- I've become very intentional in going to spaces and ensuring that by default, whoever is coming to that space should be able to dance or practice movement in ways that feel comfortable to them without me imposing any sort of rule towards that. And doing that has also reminded me to do that for myself. So if I'm entering, yeah. for example... Simple things. If I'm entering into a space to perform, what are they expected me to wear? What am I expecting? Who's doing my makeup and what kind of makeup are they expecting me to do? The choreography, who's choreographing me? Are they aware of my identity and my body and the ways in which I'd like to move? It was interesting because I recently did a brief cameo um, on Strictly Come Dancing, which aired like last no. week in a Bollywood dance routine. No. And what was beautiful was when I entered that space, obviously I was only uh, a backup dancer as an extra, but the choreographer came up to me and was like, how do you identify? How would you like to dance? with who would you like to dance what kind of moments make sense to you and that was the first time someone had asked me that and I was like wow. that is fascinating did it take you back you were you like oh <laughs> I'm usually having to initiate those conversations yeah about you know uh, don't automatically put me with all of the guys I'm or you know I do not want to wear something that doesn't align with my gender identity and stuff like that but to have that given to me, offered to me, asked to you, was beautiful. I think that's where we are headed and need to be headed a lot more quicker. And so so that the onus is not on the non-binary person, the trans person to constantly have to educate and use that labor of education to make space for them. Because sometimes not everyone is able to do that. Not Mm. Not everyone's personality style is conducive to those environments to fight for themselves. So we need people to step up as allies to be aware of the kind of conversations they're having and the impact that they're having on people's lives. Because how you allow someone to use their body in movement really impacts how they see themselves and navigate through life. And in not honoring um, their choices, you could be really negatively, seriously impacting how they see themselves. And you do not want that. Because then you wouldn't even get the best performance out of them. Yeah, exactly. So I think we need to speak to the dancer, their experiences and their choices to be able to bring out the best out of them. And that's what's been my mindset now and how I navigate things. How can I bring the best out of myself and how can I bring others to support me in that? And how can I do the same for others entering my own space when they are coming to dance? Like you're saying, things are changing. People's mindsets are changing over time. Slowly, but surely, 100%. And I've I've seen Bollywood grow so much over the years as well. I've, I've always loved Bollywood, like I said before. But I'd love to know what change looks like for you in the Bollywood dance world. I feel like Bollywood has been so camp and queer right from the it beginning. Like, I mean, yeah. It's always been. I mean, yeah. whether, however you identify, it's always been maximalist. It's always been over the top. It's See? always been... And, drama. you know Love drama it. so it's obviously <laughs> been so so queer inherently which is why it uh, baffles me sometimes when we suddenly try and like you know uh apply all, all of these up. gender norms to it mm-hmm. i'm like why would you do that the whole point is anyone should be able to do whatever they want to do and that's where we need to go where we allow people to dance in a way that makes sense to them and we de-gender dance 
across the board, not just mm-hmm. for Bollywood, that allow people to simply move in the way their body takes them, in the direction the body takes them, because that's how we can all experience dance and our culture, which is so rich in its queerness in itself, mm. to bring everyone as a community together. I think the thing that people don't realize is in allowing transgender, queer, gender diverse people the liberation and freedom that they need, deserve. Yeah. They're automatically making way for progress for them, for those who do not identify within that trans umbrella, because trans liberation means liberation for all. So when you're allowing people to experience dance in an art form in a way that's so fluid and open, you're giving permission to yourself to open your mind and tap into things that you may not have considered before and then explore different means and different methods and modes and techniques of dancing that you may have shut yourself towards. Yeah. And that, honestly, you could find joy in. That's where we need to head, where everyone questions their gender and, <laughs> and, then, and then chucks it out of the door so that we can just dance. Love that. All of those things that you're talking about is just so much about what, even just what we've been exploring in this series is just about taking ownership of your body and just enjoying it and expressing yourself, which I can see so much through you, even when you're, I'm sitting here and talking to you and I can just see how much passion is oozing out of you. It, despite the struggles and the challenges, it's so beautiful to see that you've been able to find and create safe communities like yours. I was wondering, do you have any advice for those looking to build their own safe spaces to express themselves? Oh, I love this because what a safe space means to an individual is so specific different. to them. Yeah. It's so different. So another, and it, it, it's how you choose to create that space according to what sits well with you. And so mm. we do not need to emulate a space that already exists. While it's difficult to obviously create one from scratch, it's a beautiful process and journey of discovery that it does not need to happen at one go. You're constantly mm. learning how to build and how to constantly grow a space for yourself that honors you, that honors your body and honors your values so that they aren't compromised. And so it takes a lot of, it, it's, it's a strenuous process. It takes a yeah. lot of effort in terms of like, even to get to a point where you can, say no to certain things because obviously we live in an industry where a lot of the times we aren't in that position or we don't have the privilege to say no to certain things or to stand our ground and say no I'm not going to do that because sometimes Mm -hmm. you need the money you need the access you need the opportunity you need the network you need you need certain things in any given point of time so I can't say uh, discount the privilege or lack of privilege that comes there with accessibility and sort of standing your ground but it's sort of seeing how you can invite others to understand why this is important to you as well this is how I am this is what I need to do this is what I need to excel this is my space this is what I need to do this makes sense to me even if it's coming down to This curriculum does not make sense to me. Let's question why are we asking people to do this in this curriculum? Or how are we communicating about this dance in our schools, in our studios, in our competitions, in our spaces? How are you writing job adverts about hiring dancers? So there are all these small, small nitty gritty things that 
are right at the prime of even entering into a space. So if I'm a dance organization and this is my space, how can I create a safe space for others? It's questioning, do I have a curriculum that is trans-inclusive? Do mm. I have language that is trans-inclusive? Do I have teachers who are aware of creating space that is trans-inclusive for people? Do I have spaces, physical spaces within my space, like changing yeah. rooms and access to those kinds of things that are inclusive. So it starts from like the ground up, because once we have those physical spaces that are safe, we are automatically are mentally safe because then mm. that aligns. So it's sort of how we're creating from ground up policy work, because I feel like those are the things that can then protect us, right? When we talk about safe space, it's all well and good to be like, yeah, I want a safe space, but <laughs> am I protected in this space yeah. legally? What, yes. is the, what is the law saying about <laughs> this? Because sometimes you have to rely on those kinds of protection, protective measures, right, for yourselves. So I think a safe space, it really depends on what that means to you. And yeah. then questioning that, being part of different spaces, see what works, what doesn't work so that that can inform you. I think that's important as well. If I wouldn't be where I am, if I didn't enter into different kinds of spaces and seen, mm-hmm. oh, that doesn't sit right with me. Oh, why are they doing it that way? Oh, what does that mean? Why are they saying it? Or why are they moving that way? Questioning all of those things so that when I come into my own, I can have a more enhanced approach to my yeah. own practice. I love your way at looking at the world and sort of like the way that you're like going into things and the way your approach to things, even just your your state of mind is so lovely to see. Before we sort of wrap up and come towards the end of yes. our interview, I'd love to know what are you most proud of? Like what fills you with pure joy when you think back on it? Or even into the current moment as well. What gives you joy as you think of it right now? It doesn't have to be in the past or the future, whatever you want. I think the time that I've experienced the most absolute, absolute, unfiltered, unquestioned, pure, authentic joy has been when I'm on stage performing, completely consumed by that moment where nothing else matters. All of the walls come down, the world disappears, nothing matters, and you're there expressing yourself completely consumed in that moment where you're truly living in that brief moment of euphoria and you don't worry about how you come across or what others think, what you look like. And that is so rare because we're constantly worried about everything else. So for me, it's in those very brief and sometimes it's honestly very brief, but it's Mm. to hold on to that and realize how powerful that can be if we constantly seek it out in all of our day to day practices so that that joy can expand beyond a brief moment. And I hope that everyone's able to experience that and is given the opportunity to do so. Wicked. That was such an amazing conversation. got two last quick fire questions first one is what are you doing today that you in 20 years will be thankful for i will still be dancing irrespective of where i am how i'm able to dance or what i should still be dancing and my last one is how do you define success success is what you make of it, not what others tell you it is, because that sets a precedent for your own self. It's what makes you happy. And honestly, that does not need to come with external validation. 
if you feel like even stepping into, oh my God, I've been working on this one move that I've not been able to get and grasp. And you hit that and you're able to conquer that and you've been able to do that. That in itself is success. I think success is even to be found in the most mundane, joyous moments and should not need to be this big expectation. Thank you so, so, so much. You are such a badass. Honestly, <laughs> thank you so Everything. much. This has been so refreshing, so nourishing. I am absolutely grateful to you for allowing me into your space, for creating mm. this dialogue and conversation with me that I hope is going to impact so many others. 100%. So thank you. 100%. Thank you so much. It was lovely to have a good old chat. Thank you. Big love. Check out the Galdem social channels at Galdemzine and don't forget you can download the Nike app to hear from inspiring young people driving change today. Thank you so much for listening. It's been epic. I've been your host, Tanuke, and this is Move Out Loud. Big love.